Do we still need priests to intercede for us today? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Here of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of Scripture. I'm Brian DeBozik, and with me is Aaron Armstrong. Aaron, um, priests, do we still need them today? No. Okay. Good episode. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that that was a very uh, a quick and, and dismissive no on my part, and I should probably apologize for that, but... <laughs> Um, because the answer is actually a little bit more complicated. Than that. It's, so, I mean, it's still no, but it's nuanced. So. Yeah, it's it's yes and no yeah. because it's it's depends on what do you mean by priest exactly. Now, if we mean pr- by priest, we mean somebody who's required that we have to go to another person, another human whom we need to mm-hmm. go to, who prays on our behalf or intercedes on our behalf to God. Then it's clearly no. Correct. But if we define priests a little bit differently, a little bit broader, um, it, one of the roles of priests is to intercede, intercede through prayer. Do we need that? No. Is it a good thing? Have we been called to do that with one another? Yes. So yep. there, there's the nuance that comes into play. Yes. All yes. right. So. so before we continue nuancing any further or give away more answers before the time, which we are prone <laughs> to do, um, let's... Rewind, and why don't you mm-hmm. read the doctrine, uh, the central doctrine called Priesthood of the Believer, summarize it, we'll look at Scripture and go from there as always. That sounds great. All right, so here is what uh, the Priesthood of the Believer, a very significant doctrine about the identity of God's people here, what this is all about. So, God's intention for humanity is that we be a kingdom of priests, not just a kingdom with priests. Although God set up the priestly system in the Old Testament due to the sinfulness of humanity and people's need for a mediator, his ultimate purpose is that we come to God directly through the mediating work of Jesus Christ, thus eliminating the need for another priest. Because of the work of Christ on the cross exemplified in the tearing of the curtain that prevented access into the Holy of Holies, Christians are free to approach God with boldness. So let's break this down. Because of Christ, what this, the priesthood of believers means that because of Christ, all believers have direct access to God and are therefore a kingdom of priests and not simply a kingdom with priests. Yeah, and that's a, a really important distinction there. The, it's amazing how those small words can be so meaningful, but of and with mm-hmm. are an important way to distinguish this, that um, we all have this immediate access. When we think of, of the crucifixion and upon Jesus' death, we read in the Gospels that that, that veil, the temple veil, was torn um, a lot of debate about what curtain it was. There were multiple curtains. Some mm-hmm. think it was the inner one between the holy place and the holy of holies, which would symbolize this really powerfully that the holy of holies was where God's presence was dwelling on earth. And this symbolized that we have now immediate access that everybody can access. The other curtain, the outer curtain, would have been to go into more of the, the inner chamber, the holy place itself, 
uh, separating the court of the Gentiles, I believe, from, from the Jews, where they could keep going. That would have been visible, uh, would have had a similar idea, though, that the, the, the temple was abolished. The whole idea of a temple was abolished. So they kind of end up with the same place. And again, commentators debate which one it was. It could have been, you know, either makes sense. Um, but that's kind of the idea that we're seeing there mm-hmm. upon Christ's death. And it's, it's a really important image um, there, but also in other places. So let's look at some other scriptures that yeah. kind of deal with this. Uh, why don't you start us off, and then I'll come join in whenever you're ready for me to join in. All right, that sounds good. So uh, the, one of the first places we want to look at is Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, which says, uh, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our afflictions, because we know that affliction produces endurance, endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And so this is is really a very clear statement about our access to God through Christ, that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, by faith in him, we are free to come directly to God. And we see that as well in um, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, which say, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize in our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. And here's where and here's where the tie is. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. And so that's really crucial because in in this passage, you're seeing that combination of Jesus as our great high priest, the fulfillment of the priestly function within, uh, within the faith, and that therefore, because he is our great high priest, we can access God as a kingdom of priests. Yeah, and a couple other passages to, to uh, mention. One is 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God, you yourselves, as a living stones, a spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood. And here's the purpose, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So here Peter uses this imagery of priesthood to describe what it's like for us to live every day. So it's not just that uh, access we have to God that we've been talking about, but also our role, what, why we are here. And so our lifestyles, like the Old Testament priest, for example, and that priest, his life was dedicated to serving God, to bringing people to God and so forth. We have a similar role. How we do it's different, but we have a similar role, a similar purpose of being used by God to help intercede for other people, show them the gospel, tell them the gospel, bring them to saving faith in Christ Jesus. And then we have Revelation 5, 8 through 10, 
where we read, When he took the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and a golden bowl filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are, and I'm not going to sing it. Uh, you are worthy to I'm take... I'm disappointed by that, Brian. Uh, I'll let you be disappointed, but your ears will thank me. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slaughtered and you purchased people for God by your blood from every tribe and language and people and nation. And here it is. You made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they will reign on the earth. So again, we have this idea of not just priesthood being our... Um, our ability to come before God, come into his presence because the barrier has been removed. The sin barrier has been removed because of Christ. But again, we see that it, it has fundamentally changed how we are to live. Our identity has, has been transformed. So there are other, other passages, but we'll just move on from, yeah. from there and kind of let's circle back around and talk about the cautions. I'll let you address this. Both of these, we kind of Again, getting ahead of ourselves as we're prone to do. We've mentioned yes. both these, but just kind of refresh them and, and just, you know, put a bow on them or whatever is needed, and then we'll drive home to the difference this doctrine should make. That sounds good. Well, one of the, there are a couple here, and then there's a third that we haven't talked about yet, but we'll get to. So the first one is, is that uh, the focus of this doctrine, again, is our direct access to God. And so we can come to God boldly and with confidence, but again, very important not with arrogance. There, there is a very, there's a very clear distinction between um, being bold yeah. and confident and being arrogant. Um, the reason that we can come boldly and confidently is because of Jesus, not because of anything in, not because of anything in ourselves or anything that we have done. Um, it is by His grace that and mercy that we can do this, and so, um, so we come thankfully in our boldness and humbly in our boldness, um, knowing that no one stands between us and him. It's just us. Yeah. All because of Jesus. So uh, that's number one. Number two, um, as priests, because we all share in the priesthood of believers, if we are believers, that means that just as Jesus intercedes for us, we are also to intercede on behalf of others. And so we we don't do it the way that Jesus does. So Jesus eternally is yeah. interceding for us, always pointing back to the fact that our that our righteousness, our justification comes from him and not through through our own works. But we what we do is we we pray on behalf of others. We pray um, for believers and we pray for non for unbelievers as well. We pray for their salvation. We pray for the we pray for all their needs, just as we pray for all the needs of a believer as well. Um, and we um, and we strive with God's help to bring others to God through Christ. And so there's our so evangelism, Sharing the gospel is a very tangible way of interceding for someone else. Um, now, here's one more caution here, and this is this is an important reminder. It kind of feeds into our next section as well, but it's worth saying here is we need to be careful. This this doctrine really encourages us to not confuse roles in that. 
we don't want to confuse the the role and function of a pastor or elder with the role of a priest. And very often we can we can get on this train and um, and we start to see our our pastors as a distinct a distinct category of Christian um, that that they have a special kind of access to God that we yeah. do not. And so rather than asking our fellow believers in the congregation to pray for us, we feel like there's something more special about when our pastor does it. And so, um, and while we want to treat our pastors with respect and, and honor because of the task that they have been called to, we need to recognize that they have the same, they have the same access to God that we do. And that we have the same access to God that they do. Um, and I say it that way intentionally because it's that we need to remember that we are equals in the eyes of God. Even if we have different functions within the body, within within the construct of our local churches. I just remember in my 17 years or so of, of ministry, how many times you know, you're eating with somebody and they immediately look to you. Well, you know, the pastor, because his prayers are, are better. <laughs> you know, no, no, they're not. Um, that's a, that's a good word of, of caution there. And again, it's that balance as you were talking about, we want to respect our pastors. They've been called to a certain task, but they are, uh, there's not a, a unique category for them. They don't have a direct line to the father that we lack. We all have that because of yeah. what we're talking about here. All right. So let's talk about what difference this should make, this doctrine should make, and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap this episode up for the day. And um, I think again, the the big difference we've been we've been talking about it is this should change how we live every day. What our what our function is, um, we are with God and, and God is with us. That's an amazing truth. But let me give two practical ways that I would see this impacting and affecting us on a regular basis. The first one is that this should be an encouragement for us to live with joy, uh, to know that we are with God and again God is with us. That we have this access. We are never alone. We're never forsaken. Man, there's joy that should just saturate our hearts and our minds as we think about this doctrine that we are all priests of the one living holy God because of what Christ has done. That's a good thing. That's a joyful thing. That, that should put a smile on our face when we think about it. Mm -hmm. At the same time, that coin has a second side. And the second side of that coin is that this should be a safeguard from sin. Um, I, you know, I think of... of um, of David when he was writing, you know, writing in, in the Psalms, where, where can I escape from the presence of God? And at first it seems like his question is not based on what we just talked about. It wasn't, hey, this is a good thing. It really was this desire, I want to get away because, you know, my life is laid bare before him and I've got sin and stuff that I would like to hide. And it's that kind of thought. And then he turns the corner and says, well, nowhere, you know, wherever I go, God is there. And he turns that into praise as, as he tends to do in, in, his, in his Psalms. But it's the same thing as we think about God with us. It, it should be that safeguard of sin that most of the sins that we commit, we commit in privacy, either within our minds and hearts, or when we do it, we might do it in a, in a setting that is not known. Now, sometimes, of course, sin is very public, and uh, yeah. but a lot of times it's not, and we think we can get away with it. We think, you know, it just us. We're that's not what we see here. God is always with us. He He knows our our hearts. He knows our minds. And so, this should at the same time give us joy. It should sober us 
to, to really be careful to think that our living is never truly in the dark. Scripture says all of our deeds done in the dark will be brought to the light. Why will they brought, be brought to the light? Because they already are in the light of God's knowledge. Yes. Um, and so this is, this is, you know, again, that should be sobering. So the next time you're contemplating that sin <laughs> and you're like, oh, I can get away with this, nobody will know. Well, you just lied to yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that's really important to realize that it's like, we kid ourselves so much when it comes to sin. Yeah. We treat it with kids gloves. We think that it's a pet sometimes and we don't realize just how devastating it can be. And it and it doesn't mean you know, you jump from immediately from, you know, you know, living a righteous and pious life to um you know, whatever the most extreme type of lifestyle that you can that you can imagine typically it's it's just little compromises yeah. along the way so remembering that god is with you and not not in a fear kind of way that god is there watching you and wagging his finger and saying brian you better not do that don't eat that extra piece of chocolate or whatever um that's going to lead you into into further temptation um but say, but that God is there <laughs> to strengthen us to and help us in our times of need. Have you been watching how many donuts I've eaten in the last couple of days? Is that where I'm not judging? I'm judging. I, I would like a donut. Um, I haven't I've, had one in over a month. I've finished them, so they're all gone today. Um, yeah, and, and I think um, I think that's really true, Aaron, that, that we tend to, to do that. At the same time, we make the opposite mistake when we mm-hmm. uh, super spiritualize these things. And, and when we talk about like you and I are doing right now, a lot of times you'll hear people say, you know, sin is just terrible and it's, it's awful and you need to see it for what it is. And it is. Yes. But we can't forget this. Sin is also desirable. That's why we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we've got to understand and help people understand and be real about this, that yes, we understand why we, we pursue sin. We understand the momentary enjoyment we get from it. But the, 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 the thing we have to keep in mind or learn is that that momentary enjoyment is fleeting and it's false. And mm-hmm. there's greater enjoyment, true enjoyment that comes through obedience and so I think just having honest conversations with ourselves and with one another about what sin is um, and about God's presence with us. And as you say, not, not in terms of, of God just waiting for us to mess up. He, he's, he's the loving Father who sees us as perfectly righteous because of what Christ has done. But at the same time, He wants what's best for us. He wants what's best for Him. So He wants us to live in a way that is true to our identity that reflects his glory to a watching world and that is best for us. And that's his heart in this. That's why he's with us. Um, at the same time, again, let's balance this. There's a lot of balance in this conversation. Sin has consequences. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, you know, to be sobered, to think God is with us, he's aware of this. And sometimes he's going to bring consequences to our sin to bear for our good, and but it's going to be painful. It's going to be yeah. challenging. So... Uh, yeah, priesthood of the believer. Who would have thought we would end up talking a lot about sin at the end of this conversation? But hey, we, this is where we go. This is where we go. All right, let's wrap it up there before we talk more about sin and just really discourage our listeners. 
I do want to thank you for listening to today's episode of this podcast and hope you have been encouraged by it. Uh, if you have enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry in the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. 